Hey friends, Catlaw Hedquist here with a reminder that locally owned and artist operated bizbooks.net is still your best source for plays, acting books, scene books, teacher resources, and much, much more. And as you, like we, are clearly fans of Sabrina and YVR Screen Scene, we want to offer you 15% off your next purchase with the coupon code SCREENSCENE23. So come check us out at bizbooks.net, sign up for our newsletter, and follow us on social to learn what's new. And if you're in the Vancouver area, Watch out for one of our pop-up shops throughout the year to come say hello and shop in person. Remember, Screen Scene 23 promo code is only available at bizbooks.net for a limited time. This episode was sponsored in part by listeners like you. Join our Patreon community and receive early access to episodes, bonus content, stickers, buttons, and more. Visit www.patreon.com slash podcast. Welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast, where we pull back the curtain on the Vancouver film and television industry and celebrate its beating heart, namely the actors and filmmakers and other talented artists who do the work, capital T, capital W. I'm Sabrina Rani Ferminger. If you've listened to even a couple episodes of this podcast, you know that we don't shy away from social justice issues. We lean into discomfort. We ponder not only why things are the way they are, but what needs to happen in order to level the playing field for marginalized film workers. We talk about dismantling white supremacy and how the film and television industry is built on a foundation that is by its nature harmful to marginalized people. I've noticed a trend of late among artists and activists who spend time in this social justice space. Less and less are they concerned with finding acceptance in these traditionally white spaces and structures and systems uh, where real substantial change happens at a snail's pace. Instead, these creators are determined to build their own spaces, their own industry, their own systems of creation and support and distribution and eschew the established spaces that don't seem to want them anyway. And there is something so joyful in that choice. You don't want to make room for us? Fine. We're going to build our own space and we are going to soar. All of those thoughts ran through my mind when I first heard about the inaugural East by Northwest, which runs in Vancouver from July 28th to the 30th. East by Northwest is a new global summit designed to highlight, elevate, and empower racialized creatives in and across film, TV, streaming, gaming, and animation. Produced by the Racial Equity Screen Office in association with Gold House, East by Northwest offers a priceless opportunity to connect screen professionals with world film markets, to network established contacts, and gain invaluable insights into conquering the complex realm of international distribution avenues. Something that has traditionally been a tough nut to crack for racialized film workers in North America. What does this look like? Well, it looks like three days of startlingly relevant panels, including one on the future of entertainment and AI, intensive networking sessions, a dim sum drag event, a gala opening night party, and a keynote address from Shannon Lee, the daughter of Bruce Lee and the executive producer of Warrior. 
It looks like a platform that bridges the gap between creatives of color and other underrepresented communities. It looks like gathering, networking, sharing wisdom, and celebrating connections. Barbara Lee is the founder of the Racial Equity Screen Office and the creator of East by Northwest. In the press release, she's quoted as making a declaration that made me whoop. We are no longer waiting for the establishment to approve or find value in our stories and content. Instead, East by Northwest is the mechanism to build our own table. Woo! I love that so much. Today, Barbara and I will talk about why this table is needed and the joy and connection that people will find at East by Northwest. Barbara Lee, welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast. Good morning, Sabrina. Thank you for having me. It is great. We've got lots of things to talk about. We absolutely do. And I'll say that as uh, as Barbara walked into the office this morning, she's on her phone, all sorts of stuff is happening. We are one week out from the event. So you are fully, fully in planning mode. Thank you for making time for us today. Okay. Give me the origin story of East by Northwest. What was the inspiration? What need is it filling? Well, as you know, I created or founded the Vancouver Asian Film Festival over 27 years ago. And in 2017, the board and I recognized that we needed a national and international organization to really bring the advocacy work that we were doing and really bring out the fact that racialized creatives are not getting equitable funding. Mm. They're not getting what they, you know, what they deserve and what they should get from taxpayers' dollars. They're not getting opportunities. It's a very closed sort of um, industry. Yeah. I always tell people it's an industry that has no doors, and you actually have to find that magical person who is that secret key mm. to find the door. So it's very hard to compete when uh, you don't even know what you need to compete with. Yeah. And we, through VAF, we brought together community, but we need to elevate it. So I had sort of come up with my manifesto that there are three things that we need to do. We need to teach our community how to support each other, put your consumer dollars towards, you know, supporting racialized creatives, and that's what BAF does. We have to have an organization that advocates mm. to get our equitable funding, and that's what Rezo does. And then we need to showcase everything and, and find pathways because we're trying to get away from a mentality of scarcity where we're fighting each other for these scarce dollars and think of it as an abundance. Mm. And to think to shift it to an abundance, we have to think about, well, where does it all come from? And we've identified that it is Canadian stories, racialized Canadian stories are great stories and that there's a global market out there for these stories. We just need to find a pathway out to the world. Yeah. I mean, and it's not just, uh, as you say, it's not just about an, like the abundance of dollars. It's that there is abundance inherent in the community yes. and in the stories that need to be told. So then East by Northwest, I'm assuming then, is, is, the, um, is the vehicle for this third pillar it, <laughs> to come to life. Yes, and so where the, the idea came from is I've been to these spaces that were white spaces where they invited us into basically pitch our stories and it was never a very welcoming I mean they tried to be welcome but it was just you just didn't feel comfortable sometimes you didn't speak 
the same language, even though we're all speaking English. It was just, there was a code of conduct, a code, a language codified that you act and talk in a certain way. And mm. if you didn't, then your story, if you told it, it wasn't well received. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to create a place that racial equity was a center of it. And if you truly want to find a diverse story, then come to our house, come to our table, not just invite us always over. Why do we always have to go to you with our hands out? Come to us and be an equal partner. That's what East by Northwest is. I love, like you saw, I have a visible reaction to that. It's so, it is so exciting. It is led by joy and an awareness that of, you know, the the stories that we have to tell matter, that, you know, we have like, you know, top tier, storytellers and artists you know that just need to be uh, able to connect build family build community and to be able to create like to find each other yeah yeah and that's what it is and if we always have to go elsewhere then then the stories it's more extractive it feels very extractive and what we want to say is come to our community break bread with us and learn about us and then you'll understand why our important why our stories are so great and so important and why they'll appeal to so many markets yeah okay so tell me about who is going to be there because you know in the in the description you know in the press release that i received uh it mentions you know creatives in and across film tv streaming gaming and animation like that's huge. So who are these people and where are they from? It is huge, but it's not. It's creativity. And so what I tell people is like one of the biggest movies this year is Mario Brothers, hmm. which came from a video game, then mm-hmm. became an animation, then it was a movie, then it's like it's it's IP, it's creativity. And then it goes across these different um, platforms. Yeah. And that is the future of storytelling. It's not going to be in a lane of just a film's a film or just a television show is a television show. It's going to cross all these sectors and all these platforms. And that's why it's so exciting because we are the first one doing that, talking and understanding that at the core of what we're doing is storytelling mm-hmm. and it's storytelling from a racialized perspective. Yeah. So, um, so that's where I think people need to shift their minds. Like it's not... We're not gonna be, you know, um, put in a box. Our ideas are free flowing. And one of the things that's important then is to keep your IP. Because mm. racialized people who have not been allowed in to get that opportunity, they often have to give up their IP. Yeah. And then if they give it up and then it goes across all these platforms, it's, it's I think it's um, very sad. Yeah. And so we want to make sure that we give people the tools and the network so that they can keep as much of their IP as possible. Yeah, and the story ideas that that people will be bringing then, even if it's just a little seed of an idea, uh, are they, do they all have to be like thematically like about, um, this is my identity and I'm exploring the idea, or it's like, I have a movie about like zombies and, you know, and okay, because, and that's, that I think is really beautiful yeah. because we are all capable of so much more than I'm, I'm sitting around and wrestling with my identity yes. stories. Because I mean, I do wrestle mm. with my identity as a racialized person, but I'm also have like, so there's, I'm a human being, but I don't always get to see my humanity yes. on the screen. Yeah. Yes. So it's, it's, we're not, we don't want to, like I said, we don't want to be stereotyped because that's the way it has been in all these different uh, screen industries. 
So I wanted to get back to your question is we've got a wide range of people coming and it will show the diversity and the amount of talent in all these different industries. I have, of course, you mentioned Shannon Lee. Mm. And yesterday was the 50th anniversary of her father, Bruce Lee's passing. And we really want to celebrate the impact he has had on popular culture. Yeah, He is probably, doesn't matter what his ethnicity or race is, he's probably one of the most iconic and impactful um, role models yeah. that have come in, you know, in, in these last few decades. And even 50 years after his passing, he is so impactful. I, I did a documentary about music in my own journey and one of the people, several people talked about how Bruce Lee was so impactful for them. That was the first time they saw a male Asian that was seen as cool and strong and, you know, and um, so we need more role models like that. Yeah. You know, in the 50 years, can we name somebody that is to that stature um, or even close? We need to build our own stars and that's one of the things when I talk about the pillars that's another pillar that we have to do we have to celebrate our own stars from our community and we need to show up for them yeah Whew, amazing uh, what kind of conversations would you like to you know because there are a lot of networking events and panels and people meeting each other as you wander through these rooms kind of conversations would you like to overhear you know what kind of interactions would you like you know people to be to be having i would love people to um to find their 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 people yeah their vill- it takes a village so i would love people to, to talk about their projects to talk about what they need um and as you said gold house is one of our uh partners in this and yeah. we have the gold stage and they have been phenomenal in celebrating and uplifting the Asian American Pacific Islander community in the United States. And this is their first, I'm very excited, this is their first collaboration with a Canadian organization. And I'm so honored that they, you know, are working with the Racial Equity Screen Office. Um, And what they've done is phenomenal. So I would love to see that kind of energy of, of what can we do with all of our talents and if just a little bit of support. So we're doing some really cool things during East by Northwest, we are doing pitch sessions. So we're bringing people, we're bringing a decision maker and we're having nine creatives or creators, filmmakers, join them for a dinner at one of Vancouver's Michelin star or Michelin recommended restaurants. And at during that, they're gonna break bread and and hear all the different stories that are coming out of that. And we wanted to showcase Vancouver because a lot of conferences, like you said, you just stay in this hotel and for three days, that's all you do is see each other. And so what we bringing people out to Vancouver to show how amazing Vancouver is. Yeah. So another thing we're doing is a studio tour. We're going to we picked three studios, a cross section of what Vancouver has to offer, because Vancouver is the third largest production center in North America and yeah. the largest in Canada. And we need to celebrate Vancouver and yeah. BC and all that we have to offer. So by taking these filmmakers and these hopefuls that may not yet be at a stage where they can go to a virtual studio or even a big studio that's had like, you know, that has taped The Good Doctor and all these other primetime shows. I want them to be in a space that they can imagine themselves making a project in these spaces. I'm having another physical reaction. (laughs) I just, I love this. You cannot believe until you see it. And when you put them in those spaces, they can imagine what they can do. And that's what we're trying to do. (sighs) 
I got I got chills. Um, and uh, tell us a little bit about because I, I just I feel like a lot of the conversations that we've had the last few years in this space has been about everything from you know the the tr- about trauma and inequity uh, and you know and that's a lot to sit with. Like every once in a while, I have to like be like, okay, this work is taking a toll on me. I need to kind of like disengage mentally and emotionally for a little bit. But reading this, it was like, okay, yeah, we're getting in there, and it's about creation. And there's some super fun events too, including the uh, oh, where is it the the dim sum dragon dim sum yes so tell me about these fun events (laughs) well you know dragon dim sum is i've put we've kind of done some counter programming so nicholas ning is from farpoint and he is an ai specialist he's an up and coming he's gonna be amazing if you don't catch him at this he's gonna he's a shooting star yeah it may be another opportunity where you won't have this and he everyone's been so generous from the community yeah they have come out to support us waiving fees, just, you know, willing to come out because it's so important. And so we said to Nicholas, we're gonna put you in a dim sum situation with, with all these drag queens. And he was super up for it because we wanna celebrate um, Pride Week, which is happening the same weekend. Yeah, We are an inclusive community and we want to celebrate everybody. And when I was trying to find ways to connect people that may not na- naturally connect, yeah, because that's the key is to bring people in who have not been welcomed in certain spaces and find connections because we're all we're all in this together yeah and i love how a lot of it too is about sitting down at a table together you know you mentioned the table at the beginning and you know they were sitting at a michelin table in a michelin star restaurant or having dim sum with people that you might not normally have dim sum with you know that is that that's i i see what you're doing there and and i like it um how will you measure success with it? You know, you, you're out on the end of the third day and you collapse on your couch. And Which like, I will do. You will. Oh, absolutely you will. Uh, and you're <clears> going to like look back and say like, okay, that, like that's the thing that tells me that this was a success. Well, I'm always about doing something outside of the box. I'm always thinking outside of the box because I don't want to do the same old, same old as everybody else. So that's why we program the way we program. And mm. every panel, I've asked all the panelists and moderators to have a call to action. So mm. when people go to a conference, they just sit, listen, very passive. We have a call to action for people to do their homework after this event. Wow. And we want to check in during the year and next year that these that movement has happened. Wow. So everybody's responsible, everybody's accountable. And everybody, we are, you are not just a passive sitter in the audience. You are participating and making this moment a movement. Yeah, they're all alumni and they'll carry the legacy of the, of the weekend. Um, So there were a lot of conversations in the film and TV industry around, I'm sure you remember, we probably had one or two, um, around diversity and inclusion in the wake of, I mean, there's a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. happening in the zeitgeist, murder of George Floyd, a, a mainstream interest in the impact of res- residential uh, schools and scoops on indigenous communities, and also the staggering increase in acts of hatred against Asian Canadians and Asian Americans. Panels were held, diversity, equity, and inclusion statements were made, hashtags were adopted, and then a lot of those conversations kind of like seemed to fall off the table. 
white, I don't know if you know this, but white supremacy in the industry wasn't dismantled. And I still encounter higher ups in the film and TV industry who describe themselves as allies and as progressives, and yet still bristle when I use the words white supremacy. Like I literally see it in their body language. Where do you think we are now in in these conversations? You know, were we having the right ones in the first place? What should come next? <clears throat> Big question. Yeah, so the Racial Equity Screen Office was launched during this time after George Floyd, um, after all these, you know, production studios came out and made a pledge and said, we're, you know, we're going to dismantle it. And then it got hard. Yeah. And when it got hard, people went back to the same old, the same old. Got got hard in in what way? Like just the fact that because we talk a lot on the show about discomfort yes. and having to sit in discomfort. And, you know, part of like dismantling the white supremacy is like, you know, acknowledging the ways that it sits, you know, you know, within you, either as a racialized person, mm-hmm. you know, like your complicity in the fact that it's like internalized, you know, or as, you know, people who benefit from from the system, you know, it's like what what are what are you what are you referring to then? I think people are seeing that their power and privilege is being eroded if mm-hmm. racial equity actually happens. So the racial equity screen office has been very progressive. We have done things that no other organization has done. We um, called out the Knowledge Network about their, um, you know, their commissioning. How much they they over the last seven years, it was 1.7% to, re- to racialize and zero to indigenous. We had that structure, you know, taken down and rebuilt. Hmm. And we got a mandated commitment of 50% to black and people of color hmm. for the commissioning. That was unprecedented. We were flown across Canada to talk about the work we did. Yeah. Then we did a report on the National Film Board of Who's Canada. That got press everywhere and we got the National Film Board to commit to racial equity targets when they wouldn't before that. Mm. Like the work that we've done at the Racial Equity Screen Office is groundbreaking. Yeah. We are not, we don't wanna talk about it. We are doers and we get things done. Yeah. And so what I tell everybody is that for two and a half, almost three years, we've been calling out organizations, but you can't always call out. So what we're doing now is calling everybody in and say, mm. okay, come to our table, we're gonna build it and we're gonna build it together and we're gonna build something fabulous and you will see that it's not scary. Racial equity is not scary. Diversity and celebrating and elevating and giving opportunities is not scary. Actually, you're gonna benefit from it. And that's what we're gonna show because we always have to show, we always have to do 10 times more work to show what we can do and get paid. You know, like our funding, I always talk about funding. In particular, people of color, racialized folks we are about 20 percent of the population but we only get about eight or nine percent of the of the funding yeah so i always say and what i said to the canada council for the arts is that you treat us like modern day railway workers building cultural in cultural infrastructure for pennies on the dollar so just we're just like the old time railway workers mm. that that reminds kind of like brings me back or brings us back full circle to that concept you talked about of people trying to enter the industry and they have to find the person you know who has the the magic key or whatever open the door and it's you know like it's like what you're doing with 
east by northwest you know it helps um we're holding that door open yeah because a long time ago i could you know when i when i do this work i think about i could have had success as one person but that doesn't make a difference yeah you need to bring people along with you for the ride yeah fantastic barbara is there is there anything else you want people to know about this inaugural east by northwest we have some fabulous panelists um so you know of course we talked about shannon lee we have some emmy winning animators like william lau um we have janice chua who's coming from la she is the head of um, imagine entertainment with that's ron howard and brian glazer's a production company wow. she was one of the producers of crazy rich asians she's coming here to do pitches and to meet our filmmakers we have um andrew lee who is an incredible talent agent producer as well what we're going we're gonna have a panel this i'm super excited all our panels are going to be great but this one panel is going to talk about how do we make a film project that is for us by us and how we're going to show it that the world wants to see this content so that's going to be the last day um sorry on the 29th it's the last panel i believe it's at 3:45. and the other thing that we're doing is we're going to have a panel of black and racialized creatives and also indigenous creatives coming together to talk about how we all work together in this industry mm. and not be pitted against each other yeah and we're hoping that afterwards we're going to do some facilitated uh, workshop to come up with some ideas. And in the end, what I want is a way, a protocol, a process, a way that we all work together and and, and get ahead together, mm. as opposed to always being siloed or um, separated. Yeah. Because that is where the power is, if we can all work together on this. Yeah, fantastic. Barbara Lee, thank you so much for being here today and also for all of your work in this in this space i it's rare that i have a conversation on on this topic in this arena and feel hopeful and i i hear you talk and i'm i'm excited i'm excited about the the work that's being done i'm excited to see the community grow and forge deeper connections so thank you so much thank you i would say there's a lot of trauma and pain in the community but there's a lot of joy yeah and I think if we can turn that into positive, because we're a very resilient community. Yeah. And that resilience will be showing up in all the business opportunities that we'll have and the yeah. abundance that we'll feel. Fantastic. So if people want to uh, to find you on social media, follow you, or all the various things that you're working on, where can they go? Uh, our hashtag is EXNW Summit. Uh, racial Equity Screen Office, RESO Org, um, EXNW, uh, Re Representation Matters, Eliminate Hate is another organization that we do, and that's a topic for another day. Um, We've talked about Eliminate Hate on a on the podcast before. Yes. Yeah, it's it's huge. There's so much work that you're doing, and still so much more to be done. It's an eco ecosystem we are building. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're not in this alone. Yeah. 
All right. Well, thank you, Barbara Lee. Thank you. Uh, East by Northwest runs July 28th to July 30th at the JW Park Marriott in Vancouver. For more information, the full lineup of speakers, and to buy tickets, visit exnw.org. The YBR Screen Scene Podcast is hosted and executive produced by me, Sabrina Rani Mera Firminger, and it's edited by Simon Firminger. Special thanks to Mariana Firminger for putting our Patreon ad, to Paul Firminger for technical support, and to Dane, not Firminger Davile for the original music. But Dane, as I've been saying all season, you're Firminger to me. Why Your Screen Scene is a division of Fish Flight Entertainment. Find us on all the socials at YVR Screen Scene and at Sabrina on Apple Podcasts and wherever you listen to podcasts for free and at our home on the web at YVRScreenScene.com. Join us next time for another deep dive into Vancouver's dynamic film and television scene. And cut! Hi friends, Kat Law Hequist here and I'm excited to introduce you to thedramaclass.com. TheDramaClass.com provides online workshops and classes designed to provide inspiration and instruction in the sometimes overlooked areas you need to be successful in your acting career. Things that they don't often cover in studio classes. Things like tax prep for actors, the power of costume in getting a job, what to do if you primarily work on camera and find yourself with a voiceover audition, what you can do to adjust your performance to the camera lenses being used, and so much more. Maximize your opportunities by filling in the gaps that will make your craft your career. Visit us at thedramaclass.com, sign up for our newsletter, follow us on social, and explore what will take you to the next level.